Hello and welcome to this podcast about Boreham Wood. I'm Clive Glover and I'm here with Alison Erdley to talk about the um, Boreham Wood Neighbourhood Plan. Now, in the previous podcast, we did discuss basically what the Neighbourhood Plan is and isn't. And in this one, we want to talk about one particular aspect, which people always raise when you start talking about neighbourhood plans and so on. They say, what about the infrastructure? So, Alison, what's infrastructure then? Well, hi, Clive, and um, thank you for inviting me to come and speak to you again. Um, It's a really interesting and quite complex question because you're right. When we work with community groups on neighbourhood planning and indeed at the local plan level as well, um, often the first question is, uh, how do we make sure that we've got enough local facilities to serve all the people that live here already and any new housing that might be coming along? And often people are talking about things like schools or maybe GPs. Um, It might be community centres and community spaces or even things like public transport, green spaces. All of these things, I think, come under this generic heading of infrastructure that people are particularly concerned about. Um, And I think often rightly so, because it can often get a little bit left behind in the planning system. Um, But we have to try and do as much as we can to make sure that when we are planning for the future of our towns and our villages, that we are thinking about these things. And obviously, the the distinction between the local plan and the neighbourhood plan is very important. The local plan is the overall high level um, infrastructure things that will be be there. They'll build new houses, they'll build new roads, they'll build um, other things, as you say, schools and doctor surgeries and so on. Or at least if they don't say they're going to do that, people will challenge them anyway. Um, But when it gets to neighbourhood plan area, that's where we can say, well, actually what we need is a doctor's surgery which serves these people. So it needs to be located you know, in this area, for example. And we could probably have a design thing where we'd like the um, design of a doctor's um, surgery or, or so on to look nice. I mean, to have trees outside. I mean, I'm being a bit flippant, but basically there is a, a scope in the neighbourhood plan to say that what we want is that something like this should be here. It should be accessible for, by walking or it should be a bus stop outside or those kind of things to really sort of pin it down. And I think that's what, what people really do want and it's obviously very I suppose comforting for them if they see that these things are planned in at the beginning and um, I think the other thing for me is infrastructure also includes lots of other things which we take for granted you know for example water supply um, in this area Affinity Water which is the local water company has actually said that we are very low on water in Hartsmere and um, so that um, there's want to actually have a sort of limit not an actual limit on how much you use but they want to sort of have a, a target for people to use a certain amount of water per year or per week um, and obviously they can't necessarily control that they can't turn it off when you've used that much but it is a sort of design thing that um, you know so, so big houses with swimming pools might not be um, welcomed in the area simply because they would use too much water yeah yes I mean that's right and it, it is it is actually a very complicated picture infrastructure because there are lots of different organizations as you've just expressed involved in delivering different types of infrastructure And we have to be mindful of who's got responsibility for what and what levers are available to us as a local community and through our neighbourhood plan to compel each of those organisations to then deliver those facilities. So as an example, just within Boreham Wood and Elstree, um, 
the schools are actually the responsibility of Hertfordshire County Council as the education authority. The roads, similar, the highways authority here is again Hertfordshire County Council, so really big geographic area. And national highways that cover England as a whole and the major route networks may also get involved. Um, but things like housing are the responsibility of Hartsmere local authority, so a smaller scale um, authority. But health and GPs is a completely different organisation, and that's done either through private GPs or through the primary care trusts. And then, of course, you've got the water companies, the environment agency and all these others. So you can see there's this really big, complex map of all these different organisations and groups and responsibilities that somehow through the neighbourhood plan, we've got to try and navigate as much as we can to put in place sort of what we want to see and hope and compel those organisations to deliver those things in the way we want to see them. And one of the big ways we can do that is, as you mentioned, through design. Um, we can't necessarily build a new GP surgery. We can't make a GP surgery come, but we can provide the evidence to say that maybe one is needed and we can provide the design um, parameters that should be followed if that were to then happen. Yeah, okay. I'm going to talk about schools because I have a particular interest or I had a particular interest in that I was actually involved in a bid to build a new secondary school, not necessarily for Boreham Wood, but for the local area, including Boreham Wood. And we did actually get permission to build it. Um, but unfortunately, the government people who were trying to um, secure the site for us, um, I'll say messed up, I could say other words, but um, it took, I mean, this was something that took about six years of my life actually trying to get this going. We did have full approval for it. We had thousands of families who signed up to send their children to this school long before we'd have a chance to build anything. Uh, and we never did get around to building it because we didn't get the site. Um, so this was actually very difficult. But the, the basis of this was that Boreham Wood has, um, in secondary schools, it's only got two secondary schools. Um, when I lived there as a child, there were actually three even then, so and probably about a third of the population. And the difficulty is that um, what this means is that the majority of secondary children in Boreham Wood actually go to other schools outside of the town and they travel on buses and trains and it's a huge logistic thing to get your children to go off to schools in St Albans and Watford and other surrounding areas um, and it seems to me obvious that because there's 50% or more of them going outside the town the town itself should have another secondary school in fact the scope including the other local areas that don't have a secondary school Radlett and Shenley is effectively for two new secondary schools and one of the problems is that secondary schools take up a lot of space and there's no obvious space in Boreham Wood for a secondary school it literally doesn't have the space anywhere I think for that size of um, infrastructure um, but that's one of those things and the the word that gets used all the time in the context of schools and of actually medical facilities is need n-e-e-d and this word is thrown about by the um, various authorities as responsible for such things, as you say, Hertfordshire County Council in the sense of schools. But when you ask them how they assess need, they can't tell you because the word doesn't have any definition at all. It's just what they say is needed or not needed. 
And just on, on this one final thing, Borehamwood has a population of about um, 34,000 people, I believe. Um, and Harpenden, which is not very far away, has a population just slightly smaller, about 30,000. But they actually have four secondary schools in Harpenden. Um, and Borehamwood has two. And this seems to me glaringly obvious that there's a deficit, I suppose is the word, of places for secondary schools. And it is something that would be needed. And certainly, I imagine the local plan will include it, but I don't know where they'd put a school. Yeah, I mean, it is a really difficult topic for us through a neighbourhood plan to have a lot of influence over, largely, as we've said, because it is the responsibility of the county council to be planning for schools. And they do prepare on an annual basis um, a school plan um, looking at um, forecasting over the next five to ten years the likely shortfall or surplus of places available um, and I mean for Boreham Wood I think at the moment they've actually forecast for the next at least three years a surplus of year seven places which is obviously the beginning of secondary school but then that goes into a shortfall a bit later on so kind of around 2026 20, 27 but then back into a, a surplus again. So I guess the challenge, as you say, is that, you know, how have they come up with those figures? Um, I expect they look at population forecasts and birth rates and so forth and inward and outward migration of people into the local area in order to try and work out what's needed. And they'll also be looking and working with Hartsmere Council to look at how much housing might be planned for an area so that they can work out how many families might come to those houses and what sort of spaces are needed. I think all we can do at the neighbourhood level is really just try and gather as much information as possible to demonstrate whether there is a need or not and also to safeguard through policy the sites that we already have and, and it's interesting, your story about um, trying to secure a site, actually, for a secondary school that fell through. Something we can do, potentially, through the neighbourhood plan is look for potential sites that could be used or safeguarded for such purposes so that we can improve this provision in the future. Um, but in the shorter term, I think you're right, we've only got two secondary schools. People are coming in from quite a broad area because certainly... Um, you know, there's some, there's some, they're really popular among the local population. Um, and that, again, raises the house prices around the school. So people are coming in from broader geographic areas. So it kind of links into how do we make sure that we can get children uh, and teenagers into our area easily without adding to the congestion on the roads? You know, how do we improve public transport so that that can happen more easily? And in the longer term, how do we encourage Hertfordshire and others to think proactively about improving either expanding current provision or actually building a whole new school in the first place. I, I won't go too much into this because I obviously I, I know all the detail and I sat down in the office in County Hall with the people who do the school planning and I went through their whole system and basically I was absolutely shocked the way they work it out um, and the fundamental thing which they don't accept is that you should provide school places at secondary level in the area where people live. 
they just accept that, oh, well, they'll just travel to other places. And it seemed to me that a fundamental thing most people expect, obviously in, in terms of primary schools, you expect to have a primary school nearby sufficiently for um, a parent and the children to be able to walk to school in 10, 15 minutes. And that's generally achieved. Um, but for secondary school, obviously they're older, so they can go on buses and so on. But you actually would prefer they could probably walk or cycle to a local school in the area, obviously on safe routes and all the rest of it. Um, but this is not accepted at county as being uh, something that is needed. Um, and that's the big problem. I was banging my head against a brick wall for many years over that subject. Um, and this is something which, again, you can't deal with in the neighbourhood plan as such. Although you could in terms of having perhaps a survey of parents, what they think is needed in terms of this. It seemed to me obvious that you should have the schools within a sim easy distance and ideally in the same town if possible um, but this isn't actually accepted for some reason <laughs> well it's interesting you say that though it's interesting you say this because I think at a national level it is starting to be thought about a little bit more and you might have heard of this concept of these sort of 20 minute walkable neighbourhoods I think there was just a news article today, in fact, that Scotland have been doing some studying on this and trying to work out um, for every Scottish settlement how far you would need to walk from each residence, so each house, um, to get to a range of services. The idea being that obviously the more walkable you can make communities, the more likely it is that people are not going to be kind of getting in their cars, adding to climate change problems, and they're, they, you know, they've got a, a greater sense of community, not necessarily stopping people using their cars, of course, but trying to sort of bring about this concept that, a bit like the old market towns of the past, that communities should be accessible within a walking distance, or at least a cycling distance, so that all of your facilities are nearby. And certainly at the moment, Boreham Wood, you know, and to an extent, Elstree, left of the railway line and Elstree Village, are fairly walkable and cyclable if we can improve that network of footpaths and cycleways. So that's another opportunity that we might explore through the neighbourhood plan. Yeah, I was going to actually mention this myself, but uh, um, the, the 15 minute um, thing has been something I think that started out in Paris, where they started in various sort of parts of Paris to try and make sure that they had a patisserie within 15 minutes for everyone. I'm joking slightly, but I mean, <laughs> you get the idea. And, and yes, you're right. And, and Borenwood is actually quite good because obviously the original village was centred around Shenley Road. And so it's grown um, over that time. And I, I lived there in the sort of 60s and 70s. And um, I can certainly remember that it was possible to walk down to pretty much any shop and get pretty much anything you wanted in those days. Um, these days, it's a bit more difficult. But in fact, we've had the, the shopping centre, which is wonderful in Boreham, but I have to say, mm. really, with all the large shops and supermarkets, which was built on the site of an old factory. So it's effectively an out of town sort of area of shopping, but it's in the town. And I think that's a real major benefit for Boreham Wood. It may not be very pretty, but it does provide the facilities very well for sort of retail. Um, and that that's a good example of something which can be improved. A few more trees around there would be nice, I think. Um, but yeah, that, that certainly is, is something I think is worth thinking about. And I think the neighbourhood plan could really um, focus on that. And also the walks could be nice if it has sort of, as you say, pathways and footpaths and perhaps some cycle routes 
which are separated from the roads in those cases and that sort of thing it could make it really very nice it is quite flat in the middle of the Boreham Wood so that's actually quite good as well well this is exactly it and it is an area that we will be looking at through the neighborhood plan um in our community survey that we've got posted on the town council website on the neighborhood plan page we do ask people about their experiences of walking and cycling locally and I mean it's quite interesting seeing some of the responses you know lots of people saying that they would cycle if there were safer cycling routes um we had a a meeting with some residents in the north of the town um in December who mentioned that they'd, you know, they'd really like to go to some of the parks, but actually there's steps into them that are creating difficulty in terms of access. Other people have told us that, you know, it would be nice to have better maintained and safer paths, particularly um, some of the teenagers we've been talking to have said they would like to walk more, but it's not necessarily safe for them, they feel. So all of these things we can try and identify and and look at where we could make these improvements, which would encourage, hopefully, people to walk and cycle more. And the benefit we've got at the moment is that um, Hartsmere with uh, Hertfordshire County Council are working on this complementary project, which is called, it's a bit jargony, but it's called a, a local cycling and walking infrastructure plan. And the idea of that is that it's it's exactly this. It's looking at how can we make walking and cycling within Boreham Wood and the other surrounding settlements easier, uh, more attractive, more accessible, better signposted and so forth. And obviously, when you've got your barrel bike scheme, which is, I think, part of that to try and encourage people to hire bikes where they can. And the neighbourhood plan can complement this by at a very local level and talking to local people. Uh, and working with the youth council as well, who are also looking at this topic, just mapping out where these improvements might be made so that from residential areas to local facilities, you can make the pathways as easy and as accessible and as safe and pleasant as possible. Well, certainly when I was younger, I used to cycle around Boreham Wood quite happily. um, And it was um, still on the roads in those days, obviously, but it was a lot less traffic. I think certainly with the the bike scheme in Boreham Wood, I'm a bit um, concerned myself. It seems that, you know, you get your cycle at the um, railway station, for example, and then probably um, someone you won't have a helmet with you which is obviously a bit dangerous anyway mm. and then cycling on Shenley Road doesn't seem a very safe thing to do to me with all the traffic and buses and lorries and all the rest of it um, but um, I, I suppose that they've been looked I'm sure that's been looked at um, but I think it is quite um, concerning and I, I certainly wouldn't want to do that um, at the moment I think it, uh, you need a dedicated cycle route but of course to do that means taking space away from either the pavement or the road and I think that's the difficulty because there's obviously a physical limit to the width of the road between buildings anyway. And it's a question of um, how you balance that, which is um, probably going to cause some problems if you take it away from the road, which is the most obvious thing to do. Yeah, I mean, it's not obviously it doesn't come without its challenges. But I think a good starting point is to at least identify where the problems are and then look at potential solutions. I mean, one of the benefits actually of, of Borenwood um and and its surrounding area is that you do have a really uh, quite extensive crisscrossing of pathways that actually avoid the roads that are generally for walking but there's no reason why we couldn't explore whether there's an opportunity to maybe 
um, segregate those to enable safer walking, but also cycling, which would avoid the roads as well. So there, there is plenty of opportunities, I think, to explore um, through the projects that we're running. Yes, I think one of the things is obviously that the major developments in Boreham were the two estates to the north and to the south in, I think, the sort of late 1950s onwards, and particularly in the 60s and 70s, when lots and lots of houses were built. But they were built with sort of um, spaces and footpaths and green spaces because the prevailing sort of methodology for building new areas came to some extent from the Garden City projects like Welling Garden City and Letchworth, um, where these were laid out in, I think, the 1930s. And it was deliberately designed to have sort of green spaces in front of houses, wide roads, so there was room for the carriageways going sort of left and right um, with a bit of grass and trees in the middle and that sort of thing. Um, and it did work pretty well. And Boreham wasn't quite like that, but there were sort of nods to that. And so there, in many areas, there were sort of green squares and things like this. And obviously there were parks. And um, these have, some of them still exist, but many of them have been eaten away by developments, unfortunately. I think, again, in a neighbourhood plan, that's the thing where you'd want to preserve those at least. And I suppose if you're being really radical, you might want to create new ones if that's possible. Um, I'm sure you can't knock down some houses to put a green space, but where there is some green space there, maybe it can be sort of preserved. And obviously on the edge of town in particular, there's plenty of green areas which maybe should now be retained as permanently green areas or perhaps new parks or something like that i think because during covid people did discover footpaths and walking and the health benefits of that are absolutely um, understood these days and it's something which i think you know needs to be carried forward for people if you want to live in an area and you want to have a nice area to live in then having some greenery around you is very important yeah i completely agree and um it's something, again, that's come up very strongly from the the feedback from the community survey so far that local people do really value access to open space. And you do have a number of parks locally. Um, but as you say, there has been this slow erosion of these smaller pockets of green space that were originally designed to enable people to have access to communal green space, not just their gardens. And I mean, some of the... Um, residences in the area obviously don't have gardens where they're flats for instance so provision of green space is, is vital for those people so we're quite fortunate that through the neighborhood plan um, we can actually we have a tool to try and identify which are the green spaces that we feel are the most important and they can be really small spaces perhaps within a housing development that we can then designate using this special um, designation that's available to us called a local green space and if it's designated and it's accepted it means that you've raised the level of that green space to um, green belt protection which is the strongest protection in terms of trying to avoid inappropriate development it's not an absolute guarantee but for these smaller pockets of local green spaces it's proved very effective across the country so one of the things that we're doing as a group at the moment is we've spent some time mapping all of these pockets of green spaces across Boreham Wood um, and the wider area. And we're going to be putting that up on our website and we're going to be looking at each of those in turn and trying to work out if they meet the criteria of what a local green space is. 
So it's not just a case of identifying a space. We've also got to prove that it's special to the community. And it might be that it's special because it's used for recreation, which could be as much as people picnicking on it or playing on it or walking their dogs, for instance. It might have historic value, which could come into play, for example, if you've got um, an estate of housing that was designed with pockets of green space within it, we could use that to, as a reasoning to say, there's a historical kind of reason that these were here and we want to safeguard them. Or it might be particularly uh, valuable in terms of its wildlife provision and its flora and fauna. Um, or it might have um, a tranquil, it might be a tranquil spot that people just like to sit in that takes them a bit of, you know, away from the, the hustle and bustle of normal life. So each of these spaces we're going to be looking at in turn and thinking, why is it special? And do we have the justification to protect it as a local green space? Equally, um, another area that we are looking at through the neighbourhood plan is uh, improving biodiversity. So where you can't necessarily have a, a space as a local green space, there are um, what you might describe as green corridors that crisscross the area that not only provide areas perhaps for recreation for people, but they're also really important as sort of highways for wildlife to access the wider countryside and to navigate their way through the town and the village. So protecting those, mapping those out and protecting them is another way of trying to safeguard this network of green space that's left in the area so that as far as possible, we can protect it against erosion or losing it to, you know, to housing and, and so forth in the future. Yeah, I think I'm look, I was thinking back to when I was a child and living in Borehamwood, a number of things came back to me. Um, one of them is that we used to have um, hedges along the edge of roads between the actual road surface and the, the pavement, and they were all stripped out. And we also used to have quite a lot of trees along roads as well, and they were taken out as being basically a nuisance to the council, I think. They had to clean the leaves up and that sort of thing. Um, but obviously bringing back um, trees and hedges would be useful. I have seen a suggestion from Hartsmere that one of their sort of um, proposals for dealing with climate change will be to actually prevent people putting walls and fences in front of their houses and making them grow hedges instead and this kind of thing um now obviously that's something that'll be done sort of incrementally rather than stripping it all out and whatever but i think that's quite a good idea for future housing for example and again that could come into the neighborhood plan that says we'd like the garden space at the front to be open um, or otherwise have you know the boundaries with hedges rather than fences and railings and that kind of thing. Um, and if you think about it, the number of houses, if pretty much everybody ended up having hedges and trees in their gardens, that would make an awful difference, wouldn't it? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's, it's um, again, it's something that the Neighbourhood Plan does have influence over, fortunately, um, through the work that we're doing at the moment on design. So we're looking at producing a detailed design guidance that would be used by landowners or developers or anyone putting in a planning application in the area that will at a very local level, so, you know, a Borehamwood level, or even a, a neighbourhood within the town level, just depending on the characteristics displayed, we'll be putting together this guidance, which would include things like the ones you've described, you know, the importance of making sure that existing hedges that are left are retained they're really important for wildlife and for the just the general 
health and well-being of the local population. You know, people like to see greenery, trying to install more hedges where possible and trees as well, which not only, again, are really good for the climate, but they can, within an, a more urban area, actually have a cooling effect. So they have a number of benefits. They can provide a habitat for wildlife and obviously for local people. It's, it's more pleasant and colourful to see trees in your environment than concrete. Um, and certainly in the, the town centre, I think there's definite scope for that. And individual homeowners and developers, as, as, you know, as things are brought forward, can also incorporate these details into their designs. The other thing I remembered from it being a child was actually sort of excitement on Sundays was going out for a walk with my parents. And we had two places we liked, one of which was a farm, which was on Alum Lane. Pig farm, actually, it was. Uh, it's been replaced by houses now, of course. And the other one was the um, Home of Rest for Horses at the top of Furs Hill Road, which, again, um, was, you know, basically um, in those days, there were still horse-drawn vehicles like delivering um, groceries to people and that sort of thing. And when the, those horses got to a sort of retirement age, they, they went and lived out the rest of their lives in this pleasant fields around the top of um, Furzil Road. And it was a good place to go and just watch the horses and, you know, feed them and that sort of thing. Um, now, okay, this is a bit, <laughs> it sort of seems a little odd now looking back as an adult, but, you know, as a sort of six, seven-year-old child, that was a, quite an exciting thing to do every so often. And obviously it was a healthy walk to get there as well. Well, this is exactly it. I think, you know, it's it's trying to make our place where we live more beautiful, um, you know, more accessible, and, you know, providing habitats for wildlife as well. Trees are particularly important in all of this. Um, and they are, you know, something that we can look at through the plan. I mean, there are, there are examples of other areas that have chosen within their design guide particular trees to try and promote as well. So clearly native species are important, um, but you can also... We've, we've had plans where we've gone as far as trying to identify different types of trees that produce different colours of leaves at different times of the year. Because again, within a, within a more urban built up area, it can provide a much more picturesque and beautiful scene, um, which will have knock on benefits to the enjoyment of the local residents. Yes, absolutely. Um, right. Well, OK, Alison, we've probably had our time now on this this subject, but thank you very much for that. And I think, um, can you just um, perhaps finish by telling people how they can find out more about the neighbourhood plan? Um, I think it is on the town council website, isn't it? And is there anywhere else? Yeah, so the, the easiest way to find out um, about the plan where all the information is being stored is via the town council website. And if you go, if you just Google um, Borenwood Town Council, the website will come up. And at the top, I think there's a few buttons and there's a button called Neighbourhood Plan. And if you click on that, that's where all the information is contained. Um, we will be speaking at the annual town meeting coming up um, next week, in fact. So uh, that's on the 8th of March. Uh, people, anyone is welcome to come to our steering group meetings and if anybody wants to get involved or has a particular interest in a topic, uh, be it green space or be it walking and cycling or housing or design, then you're very much welcome to get in touch with us because you know, the more people that can get involved, uh, the better. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking to me again, Alison, and I'm sure we'll do another one in the future. Um, thank you very much. OK, and um, so you've been listening to the 
Boreham Wood podcast about the Boreham Wood neighbourhood plan with me, Clive Glover and Alison Erdley. And um, if you look on the website, we'll be putting more podcasts up in the near future, I hope. Thank you very much. Bye. <laughs>